This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Sports on a Sunday Morning. There's a swing and a long one. That's a goner for Bader. Touchdown, Kansas City. Johnson pops a three. Oh, the Bayou Billiken says I'm involved too. On America's Sports Toys, KMOX. We'll cover all three of those sports today and much more. Cardinals, Billikens, Chiefs. Chiefs are on the air today at 540 against the Buffalo Bills. It is Championship Sunday. It has arrived. It is... The day that it's okay to be a couch potato. You can just lounge today, listen to some sports on a Sunday morning, get ready for the 2 o'clock start. We will have SLU women today, SLU women against UMass. UMass. I'll have that call today with Jim Jackson by my side before he heads to spring training fairly soon. Awesome, awesome. And then at uh, 540, we'll have the Chiefs and the Bills. We have a lot of stuff to do on sports on a Sunday morning. Blues win, Tigers win. We were going to have a great tribute to Hank Aaron today. We'll check in with SLU AD Chris May. John Mosellock's going to be, you know, every time I mention John Mosellock's going to be on the air, people are like, tell him his lineup is embarrassing. <laughs> tell him why won't he try to add a hitter? Tell him, like. And the uh, answer? I just want to clear up two things. Oh, okay. One, uh, the lineup is, it's January, so the lineup's not complete. Uh, two, they are trying. So, I mean, people can believe what they want. It's totally fine. Um, But I'll ask the appropriate questions to John Mosellock, and we will do that at 1130 as the Cardinals continue to shape their team. I get it's frustrating. Like, I'm, I'm, I started as a Cardinals fan just like you, and I still, just because they're a broadcast partner doesn't mean I don't have angst. I mean, I want anyone that's listened to me knows that I want this team to put a lineup out there, man. Like, I covered the 2004 Cardinals, one of the best teams I've ever seen in my life in any sport. That's what I want also, but mm-hmm. I also recognize where they are right now, and it's a difficult thing to sort of figure out in this pandemic. Some teams are, are being aggressive and some are not. I'm willing to hang back a little bit and wait until the start of the season to give a grade as to how this offseason went. He kind of has a history of waiting until he sees what he really needs and then making a move during the season or before the season. What do you think they really need, and who's out there to fill those roles? Uh, I think that um, they need to fill – I mean, they need a bat. Mm -hmm. So whether they acquire an outfielder – and not go with, you know, waiting to see if Tyler O'Neill and Harrison Bader and Lane Thomas can all come through because you know Dylan Carlson's ready. And you know Dexter Fowler is going to play in right field. Whether you believe in him or not, he's a veteran, he's healthy, and that's important. Uh, so if they go with those five outfielders and see what they have, then I would like to see them acquire an infielder who can play third base or second base so that Tommy Edmond can move to third if Matt Carpenter doesn't work out. I'd say that's my biggest concern is that you, you're really – 
leaning on Matt Carpenter here again, and he did not have the numbers last year and really hasn't since mm-hmm. he ate a bunch of salsa and went crazy in 2018 <laughs> and hit a home run like every time he was up. So that's an issue mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. And then offensively, they just have to have more consistency. So the the best part would be if the National League has a DH, then you can just go out and get one. And I don't care. I, I'm a, I'm a National League I'm guy. I'm shaking my head no because I, I hate the DH. I don't but, care. It would yeah. help the Cardinals. So I, I'm, I'm happy with whatever helps the Cardinals at this point. Of course I love the strategy of the National League, and I didn't like the DH. But I'm, I'm willing to give that up to see the Cardinals <laughs> score some runs. I mean, the Cardinals need to score runs. Yeah. They can be a run prevention team all day, and I love it, and that's great. They look good. They have good pitching, and that's what's going to win in the playoffs eventually. you got to have great pitching and great defense. You have to be buttoned up. The Cardinals need some offense. They need a bat. They need probably two bats. And I'm just curious – uh, what the Cardinals end up doing in terms of names out there. I think there are some fits here and there, but it's hard to really narrow it down because you don't know exactly what the Cardinals budget is. They have not really revealed that they've said that they don't want to, you know, throw a bunch of money around their payroll is fairly high as it stands. It's one of the highest in baseball. It's going to be minus 60 million in 2022 because Carpenter Fowler and Martinez come off the books. Mm-hmm. So what do they do then? as compared to now is, is next year a spending year or can they make some adjustments now? And of course we don't know the future of Yadier Molina and Adam Wainwright. And for that matter, Colton Wong. And that's a huge, huge part of the equation. They have to figure out if they're going to have Yadier and Wayno back. Mm -hmm. And if they are, then they'll know what else they can spend on a bat. If they don't, then they know what else they can spend on a bat. If that makes sense. So there's still a lot of unknown. It's, it's moving. I know at a snail's pace. I know it's frustrating. I'm right there with you. I get it. However, uh, it is a business, and I respect the business, and I'm willing to wait. I want to ask you something. Uh, the Cardinals is really a small market team, and they invested all that money in Ballpark Village, and it's shut down, basically. That's a revenue stream they were counting on. Mm. Do you think that plays a role in, in how they're being a little cautious this year? The growth of Ballpark Village? Well, the income that's not coming in oh, that they right. thought they would be getting. Um, I, uh, that's hard to say, not knowing how those two work together. Mm-hmm. I would say that it's always, yes. I mean, you know, any any source of revenue is a factor here. I mean, you're talking about Ballpark Village is one thing, but also fans in the seats is a huge part of what they do. I mean, yeah. they draw $3.5 million and last mm-hmm. year they drew zero. Yeah. So it's it is a big factor. Yes, uh, that is. And in terms of the ballpark village growth, sure. I mean, I I think that they you know anticipated and hoped for a big year, but um, it all factors in. They do have a nice sized TV contract, uh, but they also don't uh, you know have the attendance figures for 2021. They, mm-hmm. they don't have a projection. Right. They don't know what they're what they're going to have. I mean, but every hope, team is dealing with a lack of fans. They sure are. What might separate, you know, what might also Cardinals, the Cardinals a on top of that would be, you know, ballpark village revenue. Just yeah, about, true. I mean, the Cardinals a little different, I think, in that medium-sized market, but, you know, they're hoping to draw 12,000 a game, which would be 28% capacity because of the pandemic. That's what the hope is. Mm-hmm. I know some big league clubs that draw 12,000 a game in a regular yeah. season. Uh-huh. You know, so the yeah. Cardinals generally draw 44, 45 in that Every range day. on a on a big day. Some yeah. days it's a little yeah. lower. It's in the 30s. 30s. 
uh, but it's still big. Yeah. And so it's a big part of what they do. So, yeah. I mean, I'm not an excuse maker. I, I'm just saying, I'm just being real here and saying the Cardinals are the best team in the National League Central on paper right now, even with no moves. That's not good enough. We know that. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see them drop the hammer also. But... Uh, I'm willing to wait to see how this thing plays out, and if they miss an opportunity, then we can recognize that. I think right now the opportunity that they're really concerned about is that Randy Rosarena left and became a star, at least for the postseason. Will he Will he be able to sustain that? I don't know. But that concerns them. Yeah. And if you're looking at their prospects – and the people that they're very high on, you can expect them to get some playing time. I mean, they're not going to, they don't want that to happen again. They don't want to lose another prospect. Luke Voigt didn't have a spot, but they, they are, that's a concern for them. They need to reevaluate that, that system and figure out why those players, specifically Randy or Rosarena, did not have an opportunity to play. And that's where they are right now. So that's, that's a big thing for them. Pitching wise, good. Defense, good. Offense, not good. Good enough to win the Central, yes. Another bat, another a second bat, they are going to win the Central. The, the rest of the division is in their rearview mirror if. If not, I still think it could be interesting and could be a little closer than people think. So uh, let's, let, me, let me ask you a couple things before we take a break. Sure. Wow on Missouri mm-hmm. beating number 6 Tennessee, and we'll get into that in just a bit, but at the exact same time, like one minute apart, Mizzou – and Ill- and and uh, the Blues win at the exact same time, about a minute apart. And I thought the Blues game was very impressive. They still are a little shaky in terms of getting in the penalty box. Yes. They've got to get some flow to this game. But they found a way yesterday, didn't they? And they won 4-2, to two, and they had four goal scorers all with their first of the year. And they had Robert Thomas had a couple nice assists. They scored a power play goal, which is huge right now. And one of the interesting things now is they're going to play what every other day and then Saturday and Sunday for the next few weeks. No practice time. It's going to be learning during the games, live lessons. And so let's hope that that power play can can come together and, and start producing more consistently. And they have to stay out of the box, especially that you could see Craig Berube last night underneath that mask. You could read his lips through the mask when they got that uh, too many men on the ice penalty. Oh, yeah, you're going to hear him here in just a few minutes. After the break, I'll play his three-and-a-half-minute press conference. He's not happy. (laughs) No, he's not. He's not happy. You can tell he holds off until the end, and then he he lets Mm -hmm. him have it a little bit. So you'll hear that in just a bit. But still, I mean, Tory Krug to, to get a goal from the point, a slap shot that's yes. that uh, gave the Blues one nothing lead. Really nice pass from Thomas to Perron to put them up 3-1 after the goal from Dunner and then Schwartz with the game winner. Bennington started all five games. Mm-hmm. Blues are 3-1-1. One, one. We'll see what they do tonight. Back-to-back. Yeah, back to Got L.A. Kings tonight again at 7 o'clock. These are like little playoff series, and we'll see how they stack up against L.A. after splitting the first two. They haven't swept anybody yet. Yeah. So we'll I, I haven't looked up, but I'd like to see how many sweeps there have been in these two and three game sets because it's very difficult to win two in a row. Yeah, it's going to be a roller coaster. Yeah. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Uh, the Missouri Tigers get a terrific win. We're going to discuss the college basketball world in just a moment as Mizzou won over number six, Tennessee. You should take Missouri seriously. Yes. They are going to be a very – if I see them in the bracket, and I'll tell you right now, they're in the tournament. I mean, mm-hmm. they're, they've five quad one wins. There's only one team in the country that has that many, and that's Gonzaga, the number one team in the nation. Missouri is a top 10 basketball team. Yes. I would like to see how far they jump from 19 
tomorrow, but we'll we'll check that out. Then SLU Athletic Director Chris May, Billikens are good too. I wonder, I'm curious, how many people think that their team is the best in the region, if you asked them honestly? Is SLU the best? Well, they've been off for a month, so we'll see, but they are deep and really good, and mm-hmm. I hope people haven't forgotten about them. 25th-ranked team in the country. Illinois has had some bumps in the road here, but they're not bad losses, and they're loaded. And then you got Missouri, who's just beating teams left and right. It's yeah. It's a very, very good time to be a basketball fan. I wonder which team is the best. We'll find out soon enough. I'd love to see Slew get some. I saw a, a bracket the other day had him in the Final Four. Same I saw that too. So fingers crossed. How about yeah, that for a team that hasn't the, played in a month? Exactly. Get on the court and play. And you're going to enjoy today, Kaija Harbison. You know, Jackie Kemp made a lot of headlines when she was here with the St. Louis University women. Kaija Harbison, you're going to see a point guard today, Tom, who is spectacular. Just a great floor leader, great drive to the hoop. Uh, mid-range jumper, really good player. You're going to enjoy watching the women today. Lisa Stone told me that she's going to put the ball back in Harbison's hands today and uh, run that point as as they set up some others for shots. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would imagine, because Harbison didn't have a great game on Friday, that, that she'll come back and oh, have she a will. great game today. I think it would be entertaining. We're yeah. going to have some fun. At least I'm going to... I'm going to have a lot of fun, so I hope you hear there at 2 o'clock. I'll see you over there at Chaffetz Arena. When we come back, we'll talk some college basketball and tell you what Mizzou did last night and run through the top 25. Then we have a visit. We also hear from Craig Berube, first out of the gate after the break. The Blues coach, as he gets a win, 4-2 to over the Kings. Chris May at 10-45. 11-05, we'll have a tribute to Hank Aaron, who passed away last week at the age of 86 and John Mosellock at 11.30. A preview of the NFC and AFC Championship Games at 11.45. 10 to noon, it's sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX. Back after this. From KMOX Sports. Here's the pitch. Welcome back to sports on a Sunday morning. Oh, yeah! On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Well, it's good to be back. And the Blues got a win last night by a final of 4-2 to two over the Los Angeles Kings and a very good sign that the power play was able to cash in. They had 14 straight power plays without a goal. But finally, last night, they got one. Tory Krug hammered one home from the point, and the Blues got a big goal there and went on to win by a final of 4-2 to two as the Kings tied the game 2-1. That's when the Blues took off in the second period. He had a goal from Vince Dunn, another defenseman scores. Those are two really good puck movers right there, Tory Krug and Vinny Dunn. The third goal was scored by David Perron, and it was a beauty. It was a behind-the-back pass from Robert Thomas. This guy has eyes in the back of his head. He is going to be a spectacular player, Alex. Alex Moskov, our producer, he's going to be a spectacular player. really is. Uh, I think he already is, but he has a, a great, great pass. Just the timing's perfect for Perron. Makes it look so easy. Perron scores, and uh, a little bit of a, a mix uh, there in, in terms of the lines, which you'll hear Craig Berube address right here. And then the Blues, after the Kings scored on a 5-on-3, again, penalties are a problem. The Blues do score an empty netter with two seconds to go by Jaden Schwartz, win at 4-2. to two. All four of those players scoring their first goal of the season. Krug, his first as Blue, obviously. Coach Craig Berube on that. Listen to this. Here comes the first question from Jim Thomas. You can tell I love Chief. The Chief uh, doesn't have much time for uh, nonsense, and uh, he, uh, but his answers are really good. I think legitimately he couldn't hear this first question, but I think it's funny just because the Blues hadn't scored on the power play. Power play? 
Here you go. Craig, how nice is it to get uh, that, that first power play of the season? Uh, the first what? First power play goal yeah. of the season. No, that's good. I mean, it was a good PP, the first one. Um, you know, I like that Krug shot the puck from the top. You know, we talked to him about that, and uh, the, the, the power play looked good. You know, that, that was a good PP. Craig, you mixed the lines up there a little bit about halfway through the second period. Do you feel like that infused a little bit of jump into the guys? Or, <clears throat> um, Well, with the penalties and everything that went on there, I got Piranha with Thomas and Hoffman. You know, they're sitting there. They're not uh, playing because they don't kill penalties, so I wanted to get them out there. And O'Reilly killed a lot, so he was probably overused. And, um, you know, I had to rest them a bit. When you say you talk to, to Krug, do you want him just taking more shots in general on the power play or, or in that particular well, spot? <clears throat> listen, he come from a power play that's different than this one. Um, you know, we need to establish a shot from the top here. I think that's how we've done things here for a bit. And it's just something that maybe he's got to get used to. He's got a good shot, and I'd like him to use it. You seem like you're in control of the game, and then the penalty starts mounting up. That had to be frustrating for you, wasn't it, for the team? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know what to tell you guys about penalties. I really don't want to talk about them. I've talked to you guys, talked to the team about them. Um, you know, it causes a lot of problems. On the too many men, is it just up to the players to know? To talk to each other, know who's going out there. They know who's going. They know who they're going for. Who, um, you know, it's just a mistake. Did you manage the game how you wanted to in that third period? Yeah, I, I, I liked the third period for the most part. Um, you know, I think we were in pretty good control of it. I thought that uh, you know we played a smart third period. I, you know, we could be a little bit more aggressive and try to get that next goal. I think we were just a little bit tentative at times. Um, I'd like to get that next goal. I'd like to be a little bit more aggressive, but pretty smart overall. Craig, how do you how do you clean up the the passing and the support in the D zone, especially early in the game tonight? And yeah, it's uh, it's not always clean. It'll come. It's you know it's early. Um, if you watch a lot of hockey, uh, it's it's everywhere. But um, you know that's a good point you make. I mean, it's just not as clean as we want it to be. Um, it's it's got to get better. The execution's got to get better. That'll come, but it's a little bit of confidence thing, I think. And uh, it's just you know just making more direct, harder plays, simpler plays. That'll help. And a quick follow up: How good was Scandella tonight? Seems like he's making yeah. a lot of plays. Uh, he was excellent all around. I mean, he was a force out there and. Uh, physical and just hard on people, hard on pucks, uh, made good decisions with pucks. So he had a hell of a game. You had a bunch of guys get their first goal of the season. How nice is it to start to get start to get the offense kind of? Yeah, out? I mean, I think that uh, we, you know, it's important that everybody contributes. That's the kind of team we are, and that's how we're built. And uh, you know, we expect everybody to contribute uh, both ways. So. It's nice that guys got their first goals tonight, and uh, you know, hopefully that can just continue, and we can get uh, goals from our, you know, up and down our lineup. You know, thank you, good guys. Thanks. 
We're a good coach. There is Craig Berube, the head coach of the St. Louis Blues. And they play again tonight, 7 o'clock face-off against the Kings. Good win for them yesterday. All wins are good in a 56-game schedule. Final score was 4-2 to over the Kings. When we come back, we'll discuss a great win for Mizzou over number 6 Tennessee. That's next. We'll check out the college basketball scene and line up who are the best teams in the country. And some teams have fallen apart And then Chris May, the SLU Athletic Director at 1045. They are ready to go, starting to practice again. It's been a long wait for SLU fans. That is a really good team. Best team on paper, I would agree with Bob Ramsey, in terms of depth that they have ever had. Back in a moment. From KMOX Sports. Here's the pitch. Welcome back to Sports on a Sunday Morning. America's Sports Voice, KMOX. It's Tom Ackerman. Usually at this time, we would have a guest from the Mizzou basketball team, especially after a great win like they had last night. But you know where those guys are right now? They are on a bus on their way to Auburn. So they're going from Knoxville to Auburn because they'll play Auburn next. And it's going to be tough to get a player on the phone. First of all, these guys have to be exhausted after a great night last night. But secondly, the the signal's not going to be very good to get a player. So I'm going to take a pass on this one. And thanks to Kobe Brown and Jeremiah Tillman and all these players who have come on the show, it has been really awesome. Xavier Pinson would have been my uh, request this time around after his 27-point performance last night. So Missouri's a really good basketball team. Jeremiah Tillman has been very strong. He had a good game yesterday. Mizzou won the game over Tennessee, the sixth-ranked team in the country, on the road, 73-64. Drew Smith, the addition from Evansville, the transfer, has been a terrific leader for this team. He had 18 points last night, the most he's had since a win at Wichita State. The Tigers had really good contributions all around from this team. But the best was Pinson. Pinson makes this team, in my mind, a Final Four contender if he is on his game in the tournament. I know that might jar a few people when I said that, but I think this Missouri team is vastly underrated. They are very experienced. They have had two bad games. They got uh, absolutely embarrassed in the second half at Mississippi State. There is no excuse for it. There is no answer for it. They went to Starkville. They had a good first half and then completely got uh, drilled by Mississippi State in the second half. The game against Tennessee is the other one where Tennessee came out hot and then ended up beating them uh, like a drum. Not this time. I mean, Missouri has – they're awake, and they are a legitimate contender in the NCAA tournament. They came out and just – took it to Tennessee last night, and the Vols had no answer. Couldn't answer their energy, couldn't answer their physicality, and had no answer for Xavier Pinson, who went nuts. He had 27 points. He hit all of his threes. He hit all of his free throws, and the Tigers won the game 73-64. They never trailed. They led wire to wire, and no team has been had a player score more than 20 against Tennessee all season until X did that last night, Xavier Pinson with 27 points. That tells you something. Rick Barnes in Tennessee, they are a big-time SEC uh, athletic, physical, great shooting, great defense basketball team. Buttoned up very well, scout their opponents. They knew what they had in front of them, and Missouri just beat them, just flat beat them. And Conzo Martin, you got to go to the Mizzou Hoops 
social media accounts and look at him walking off the floor. So he walks off the floor and he kind of waves at a few people. As soon as he gets into the tunnel, he lets out a scream that he does not let up for a good 45 seconds as he's walking all the way into the locker room. He's a former coach at Tennessee. He'll never say this. But don't tell me this doesn't mean the world to him that he went into Tennessee and beat the Vols in Knoxville. It's the first time Missouri's done that since 1972. And it's the first time they've beaten Tennessee in a few years. And it's a great win for the former Tennessee coach, Conzo Martin. And this Missouri team is legit. So they get the victory. Final score, 73-64. Again, there are only two losses to Tennessee and a bad one to Mississippi State. But otherwise, they've beaten everyone on their schedule. Best team in the league right now is Alabama. The Crimson Tide now 8-0 in SEC play. They're 13-3 overall. Gosh, I wonder if those two teams are going to hook up soon. Oh, my gosh, look at this. February 6th, a Saturday night in Columbia. They will. But there's a lot to go between then. Missouri plays at Auburn on Tuesday. Saturday, they have TCU at home, January 30th. February 2nd, Kentucky a team that has completely fallen apart this year. They're 5-9 and nine on the year. They visit Missouri, so there's still some challenges ahead, and then they get Alabama. But it's been a lot of fun to watch Missouri come back to see Conzo Martin finally after everything that happened with the Porters and, and moving forward, the bad luck that they had. He's been able to find a team that plays exactly like he did when he was at Purdue. He's tough, relentless, and they are a team to be reckoned with. And at the same time, Kansas is a a mess right now. They've lost three in a row, first time in almost eight years. They lost Oklahoma 75-68. Kansas, ninth-ranked team in the country, but they're starting to move backwards a little bit, so we'll see what they end up doing. Now, top-ranked Gonzaga is 15-0. They're the only other team in the country besides Missouri that has five quad one wins. Gonzaga is 15-0, and and as an Indiana alum, I'm starting to get a little nervous about this 1976 undefeated team, the last team to go undefeated in college basketball. Gonzaga looks every bit the part. They beat Pacific 95-49. And uh, Baylor's 14-0, by the way. They beat Oklahoma State 81-69 in Stillwater. Number three team in the country is Villanova. They won 71-56 against Providence. And number six, Tennessee, goes down by a final of 73-64 at the hands of the Missouri Tigers. Number four team in the country lost just the other day. Iowa lost to Indiana. Texas finally has it going under Shaka Smart, and they are 11-2. They are number five in the nation. Tennessee is six. Michigan is seven. But here's a real issue now. Michigan's entire athletic department is paused due to COVID-19. Everybody. So they're going to be, for the next 14 days, shutting things down up in Michigan. The rest of the top 10 is Houston, Kansas, and Wisconsin at 10, but Wisconsin just lost. They lost to Ohio State. So you're going to see a big shuffle here and an opportunity for Missouri to jump into the top 10 very soon, very soon. Uh, I I would put them among some of the better teams in the country. I really do. By the way, Ohio State in that game, E.J. Liddell from Belleville, another great game for me at 26 against Illinois last week. Had 20 against Wisconsin yesterday. Ohio State never trailed in their game, 74-62 over Wisconsin. Uh, another team you should not 
ignore is St. Louis University. They're going to be back on the floor Tuesday, taking on Dayton. That's the plan anyway. Everything seems to be clear and good for them to move forward. We'll talk to Athletic Director Chris May about it next, and we'll also hear about the women's team who will be playing today on KMOX. We're excited to bring you for the first time St. Louis University women's basketball. It's a 2 o'clock tip-off against UMass. Looking forward to calling that one. Chris May is with us on the way to discuss that and more in college basketball at 1045. It's 1041 Sports on a Sunday morning. Back after this. From KMOX Sports. Here's the pitch. Welcome back to Sports on a Sunday morning. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. We are the home of the Billikens, KMOX Radio, and joining us on Sports on a Sunday morning at 1045. This is the reserved slot for St. Louis University, and who better to have than the athletic director at SLU? Chris May is with us on KMOX. How are you, Chris? Hey, Big Tom. I'm doing great. How are you doing today? Doing great. Boy, we've had some fun. Uh, Travis Ford, his radio show on Monday nights and I thought that went really well. I want to let people know, by the way, that you can watch that live uh, on Mondays. They stream it on the KMOX Sports Facebook page, and St. Louis University Athletics also picks it up. And it's kind of cool to see how that show is made behind the scenes, where you had Travis sitting in his office, and you know, and it was nice to just hear him and see him smiling, talking basketball because he went through a lot, didn't he, Chris, during COVID. Well, it's uh, yeah, it's been a long uh, it's been a long last three weeks, but uh, I will tell you, Tom, I've been uh, stuck my head into practice the last couple of days, and uh, Travis is full uh, mid-season form, <laughs> and uh, he is uh, he's doing great. It, it was awesome to see the team back out on the court all together, preparing, getting ready, and uh, there is a bounce in the step with these guys. They are fired up. Uh, Jordan Goodwin. Uh, leading the charge as usual. Um, he was there yesterday causing all kinds of havoc on defense and uh, hitting shots. So it, it's good to see a bouncing a step uh, back in shape. It's arena people playing basketball again. And the guys will be up and at it Tuesday. And they're, as you said, we're fired up to have you uh, in shape at Serena this afternoon when the women play UMass. Oh, I'm very excited about calling this game. I was very, very lucky in 2003 when the University of Missouri called me for the first time and asked me to do a basketball game, and it's been a, a really fun run since. And I'm really excited to do one of your games today. That'll be at 2 o'clock today against UMass. You know, Bob Ramsey's the voice of the Billikens, and he tweeted yesterday that he was a little emotional. Uh, watching the team take the floor at Chaffetz. Did you feel, I know you're all business, but I know that you have a huge heart and you bleed Billiken blue. And uh, that had to have been a little emotional for you also, wasn't it? Well, there are those moments and uh, you know, it has been, uh, it it has not been an easy ride um, through this season. And from when I, when I think back about the non-conference schedule time, and everything we went through, unfortunately, it couldn't have gone better for us. You know, we made several major adjustments. We got LSU to come up here and play in the exempt deal. We went up and played Minnesota. We we got NC State in here on a three-day turnaround. And so that seems so distant from where we are today. Because today, and we're tired of watching everybody else play basketball. So there is a, there is a uh, emotional moment when you see the guys out there. The, the emotional moment is going to be tip-off on Tuesday. When uh, Dayton's in town, huge rival, big time game, and we're back at it because we've watched a lot of basketball. Just we haven't watched the team we like to watch, and so uh, you know we've got a gifted team. They're deep. 
They're fired up to play. As as I look at this team, and we've had some good teams, Tom. We've had some good teams that have won games in NCAA tournaments, but this team is deep. And, and I, I was watching yesterday, and I was sitting there with uh, with one of our uh, you know very uh, loyal uh, supporters in Keith Phoenix, and I looked at the team. I looked at the two teams out there, and there was the gray team and the blue team, and either one of those five could compete in the Atlantic 10 this year. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's a testament to Travis Ford and his Corey Tate and the staff on what they've really done to, to get a high level of basketball uh, student athletes here at SLU. And so we're deep and we're, uh, we're ready to go. So it's pretty exciting. That's really great. Keith Phoenix. I love Keith Phoenix, past president of the Missouri Keith. Athletic Club. Yeah, he knows ball. Absolutely. That's he, for sure. Uh, he stuck his head in there. I'm like, I'll be darned. Keith sticks his head in the practice. And, uh, but we're sitting there and we're like, <laughs> This is a deep team. Yeah, that is so it. It's exciting. It is. It is a deep team. You have a lot of great contributors. And I guess the, the big thing is, you know, getting through all of that, not only physically, but mentally, because it can, you know, it can be a grind on you mentally having to sit in a room and be isolated for that long. The great news is you have a lot of support at St. Louis University. I, I, just doing my background on all of it and talking to so many people. The university really stepped forward, and it was a great effort, not only for these men's basketball players, but so many people that uh, had to remain well, quarantined. Uh, the fall the fall was a home run on campus, and, and it was because, uh, led by Dr. Costello, the president, who really set the tone from a leadership perspective that we were going to do whatever it takes to support students. And so from Dr. Costello to Dr. Terry Redman, who's really heading up his his initiative in the COVID space to our faculty across the board. The faculty did an unbelievable job of adjusting how they delivered academics. And that goes to our interim provost, Michael Lewis on down. They, they delivered. And so um, there is major support, but, but you said something really interesting that you couldn't be more right, Tom, the, the mental health challenges coming through these type of uh, these type of deals are significant. And we're fortunate to have, Dr. Michael Ross, who runs the sports site group in our on campus, but he's also our longtime MCA faculty rep who does a great job with our sports site group. So we've got a whole group that's there to support student athletes. And so um, we've got uh, significant resources to get through these times, and we're just very, very blessed to be in this position. But what's really exciting is you've got a bunch of student athletes who are fired up and ready to go. And uh, whether it's our basketball team, women playing today, our guys are going to get flat out after it on Tuesday. To we've got 330 student athletes showing up that started showing up last week, and they're all going through COVID testing. They're all going through short-term quarantining until they've got negative tests, getting ready to train. You know, you've got Katie Shields, who's the back-to-back uh, A10 champions, uh, building a real top 25 women's soccer program. You got uh, Kevin Kalish on the men's side. Yeah, Darren Hendrickson. You know, Darren's done such a great job with our baseball program. He told me the other day that we've got 10 to 12 pitchers who are all throwing 90-plus right now. And so we're looking forward to having a big-time spring with all of our sports. But we've got another 330 showing up here. Uh, School starts on the 28th. So there's just a lot of buzz and a lot of excitement about SLU and about the great things going on on campus. And we're just proud to uh, be able to serve this group of students. That's great. Uh, Chris May is with us, the SLU Athletic Director. How do you make up all these games that have been postponed? What is that process with the Atlantic 10? 
Uh, great question. I, I'm not sure we'll make all of them up, Tom, to be quite honest with you. In fact, I can't imagine we will. But we'll make some of them up. And what happens is, so here's the process. You go through a, you go through a pause. Uh, on campus, we get, we get clearance from our doctors to be uh, medically able to play. Then we give the green light to the Atlantic 10, and then the Atlantic 10 sends, sets the schedule. So they are the they're the real they're the schedulers because they're dealing with the other 13 schools who are having pauses and on and off. And so they've got the master schedule. They set the Atlantic 10 schedule. Sometimes they'll even help you get a non-conference game if you can't get a game in if you're a team that needs games. But uh, as I look at, for instance, the men's basketball schedule, we get Dayton on Tuesday. We go to Richmond. Um, we've got to buy. They potentially will put a game in that next week that we'll play at home. Uh, so, and then we'll play, uh, then we'll play, I believe it's Rhode Island. So, uh, you know, the Atlantic 10 sense the schedule, it's highly competitive. There's some, you know, say Bonaventure, who's always Mark Schmidt does a great job up there. They are really, really good right now. They're as hot as any team. And so, uh, it'll be, it'll be a, it'll be a scramble right down to the finish. BCU's playing really, really well right now. So, uh, Richmond, as you know, beat Kentucky early had some really big-time wins early. We go there on Friday. So uh, it's a highly competitive league, but we are uh, I'm super proud of our guys and the position we're in. Hassan French yesterday looked as good as I've ever seen him. Mm. I mean, he was on top of his game, and he, we know he is a force. Jordan playing great. Javante Perkins looks like he's back. Um, I was there for about a half hour, and I, Gibson, Gibson Jimerson, I didn't see him miss a shot. So... Uh, you know, now Coach Ford would say bad defense, but I'd say great offense. <laughs> but uh, you know, you know how coaches are. But, oh yeah, uh, yeah. That's, why, that's why he's great at it. But it, again, there's just a lot of bouncing step, Tom. The A10 will set the schedule, and we're kind of like whatever they set, we'll be ready to play, home or away. Last thing, what can listeners expect to hear today from St. Louis University's women's team? They lost to UMass last week, 78-62. Chatting with Lisa Stone yesterday, uh, she, she expects her team to get after it this time around. You get back-to-backs against UMass, Chris. Yeah, it'll be it, – UMass is really good, but mm-hmm. Lisa, will, Lisa will let them run a little bit. As you talked earlier, Kaiser Harbison is one one special talent. Mariana Smith-Triori, she got in foul trouble uh, on Friday. We keep her out of foul trouble. She's one of the top rebounders in the country. And so if Mariama can stay in the game, Kaiser gets after it, you'll have some shots that uh, this afternoon will be a great women's basketball ball game. And, um, we'll, you know, we've, we've built a women's program to be a top-four team in the league year in and year out. We've done that for many years now, and uh, we're working towards taking that next step. But this afternoon will be a – Highly entertaining ball game with two talented women's teams, and uh, I like I like our chances because uh, our history of coming out of one of these back-to-back deals has been really good. So we'll be ready to play. I'm looking forward to it. I'll have the pregame at 1:45. Coach Stone will join me on the show, and then we'll get going at two o'clock. Slu and UMass as the women's team plays on KMOX. Big moment here for our radio station, carrying uh, the Slu women uh, for the first time. So we're lo- really well, looking forward it, to that. It, it, Great opportunity for us, and we can't thank you, Tom, and the KMOX team enough. It's great to be back on KMOX, um, the the true leader in our community, and we are fired up about it. And so we, we appreciate it. All the listeners, will hopefully you'll enjoy a great ball game this afternoon and then a big men's game on Tuesday. Looking forward to it. Have a great week. We'll catch up with you soon. 
We'll see you at the arena. Take care. I'll be over there. There's Chris May, the athletic director at St. Louis University. Great to have him on sports on a Sunday morning. When we come back after the news, we have a great 11 o'clock hour lined up for you. We're going to have a tribute to Hank Aaron who had so many connections to St. Louis and so many fans watched him here through the years, but he also had a great friendship with Stan Musial and KMOX had the great fortune of being able to chat with Mr. Aaron. And we will hear some of that interview. We'll also hear the famous call from his 715th home run and the ceremony that followed. John Mosaylock at 11.30, the Cardinals president of baseball operations. We'll see if we can get a little update on Yachty and Wayno from him. And then at 11.45, we'll get you ready for the NFC and AFC championships today. First game, Packers-Bucks. Second game on KMOX at 5.40. Chiefs and Bills, back after the news. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.